If you're a photographer and your nickname is the godfather of photography, something unusual is going on. In this case, you're also a Canon Explorer of Light, and you travel the world from Iceland to Africa to Antarctica and more, teaching people to make better photographs. Today's guest is Rick Salmon. We'll take a look at his shot, Sunrise at Blue Swallow, on this episode of Behind the Shot. Hi again. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Steve Brazel, and this is a new episode of Behind the Shot, where we try to get inside the mind of great photographers by taking a closer look at one of their shots. And today I've got a special guest. There are very few people who can claim to be a Canon Explorer of Light, a travel photographer, one of the most published photographic authors that there is with over 35 books, a Kelby One instructor with, I think it's 13 classes. I need to ask him about that when we bring him on. Also an instructor of workshops and seminars, and his nickname is the Godfather of Photography. I'd like to welcome Rick Salmon. Rick, how are you, man? Welcome. <laughs> well, listen, thank you for saying I'm a special guest, but you know what? Every podcast I'm on, they say I have a special guest, so <laughs> I guess I must be Yeah, special. but in this case, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. You are, you are a rare catch for me to have on a show. You are uh, more than a photographer. I mean, you are, you really kind of epitomize what photography can be to me, right? You, you I, I think you have a line, I specialize in not specializing. Yeah, yeah, my specialty is not specializing, but I'm laughing because you said like Rick Salmon is a special catch. Get it? Like salmon, a catch. Fish. And so you just was... got back from Antarctica where you saw fish and stuff. Oh man, that was amazing. Antarctica was amazing, but it really is a. It's always fun getting together with you. Remember that time we went to Red Rock Canyon? I do. Of Vegas, you, you and your friend took us there. You know, I love your passion for, you know, you're passionate about everything: photography, life, your music. I, I love your music pictures. I think you've been a guest blogger a couple of times. I've been a guest blogger on your blog as well. And and part of the reason I wanted to have you on is because the whole point of behind the shot is I like to try and get inside the mind of great photographers like you by kind of, for lack of a better phrase, interviewing a photograph, getting an idea of, of what was in your mind with a specific photograph, because it helps understand how your mind works and the way your mind works. When, when I mentioned that you, you are extremely published, right? Some of your books cover composition and one of my favorite things, and I don't get to do it a lot in the type of photography that I do is pre-visualization. Yes. That's a big thing for you. Do, do you do you pre-visualize most of your shots? Well, I, when I talk about, first of all, it's not an original idea. You know, Ansel Adams talked about this. He visualized, he pre-visualized, you know, he's out there with this giant view camera, you know, what, what he's going to capture in the scene as far as composition, but also exposure wise, because he knew, he visualized what he could do in the dark room the wet dark room with burning and dodging and different filters and different chemicals and different papers and doing all this magic. So, right. you know, when I first started teaching HDR, and I think we're going to talk about one of my HDR pictures today, you know, people say, oh, I hate HDR. I said, well, Ansel Adams was the first HDR photographer, and he really was. Really? Yeah, he well, look at his work. He captured the, that dynamic range of the scene, like Half Dome and Yosemite and all these places. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're going to get back to uh, Mr. Adams a little later on in the show. I have something, a funny story about him. But uh, uh, yeah, it's not a new concept, but I think we have to know, you know, our eyes see about this, you know, 
I forget exactly what it is. I think it's about 13 f-stops, camera C, you know, seven now. But it's, it's getting more and more. We could pull out so much from the shadows and tone down the highlights if we shoot raw files. So it's so important. It's so important to know, to visualize what, you know, what plugins we could use too in the uh, digital darkroom to make, to create that vision that we see in our mind's eye. Well, and, and you bring up a good point, and that is we all see in effectively HDR, we see extreme right. high dynamic range. And so when people say they don't like HDR, <laughs> really what they're saying is, I don't like that specific treatment of HDR. But HDR, by definition, high dynamic range is right. just an image that allows you to show all of the ranges of, of 0 to 255 in all the color channels that you possibly can get in a print, which brings us up to this picture. This picture, before I show it, it's called Sunrise at Blue Swallow. And yes. as I bring it up, tell me a little bit about this place. I think it's on Route 66, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is on Route 66. So several years ago, my wife and I decided to do a, a road trip. And this is a place called Tucumcari, uh, New Mexico. So you fly to Albuquerque and you drive uh, east uh, just a little bit. And this is the one picture I wanted to get. This is the one picture I said I have to I have to get this shot. But I've seen a million pictures. You could go on the web and type in, you know, Blue Swallow Motel, you'll see a million pictures. But I wanted to get uh, a shot at sunrise. So we planned the shot. You notice that that road runs east and west. So I knew where the, using one of the sundial apps, you know, the Sunfinder apps, I knew where the sun was gonna rise. I knew when it was gonna rise. And I knew, you know, I have a lot of salmonism, Steve, and one is uh, shooting into the sun is fun. So if you use HDR, and if you want to get that starburst, use a wide angle lens, the wider the better, the lower the sun is in the sky, the better. F22 or small, just a small aperture, 16, 22, 32, and just have the sun peek out, just have it peek out from behind an object so it's not a big blur. But uh, it's funny, I published this picture on the web and someone said, where do I go for those great colors? I love the pastel colors. So I sent the person the original shot, which looked flat and boring. And I explained that this was a six shot HDR image after I created my HDR negative in Photomatics, I call it just HDR negative. And that, that was actually going to be one of my questions. Yeah. And that was, you used Photomatics for this, not the built-in, you know, Photoshop or Lightroom. You used, a, I don't, yeah. don't want to say high-end, but, but really yeah. the dictionary definition of an HDR app. Yeah, well, this was before uh, Lightroom and Photoshop had HDR and before Aurora which is also a good program. I think Photomatics is the best job of getting rid of the halos. Uh, and you get the halos where you have really darks and really lights. So I send the person the picture, I said, it didn't really look like that. So I explained that I made the, I made the HDR negative and then in Nick Color Effects Pro, you use this, right? Oh yeah, all the time. And so I used one of the bi-color gradual filters. So I added a blue tone on the top and I added a gold tone for the sun on the bottom. And that lets you control the opacity of the, uh, of the colors you're adding and where you want them to stop and start. So that's it, how you did that. Yeah, that's how I added the color. 
But the first, the key was to capture the entire dynamic range. You could see inside the building and you could see inside the car. Well, and, and one of the first things that jumped out at this, at this shot, and by the way, I got to circle back to the Blue Swallow Motel. Yep. Because you mentioned there's a ton of pictures of this online. I did yep. look this up. Route 66 to Concari, yep. New Mexico. This thing has been around since 1939. And what really surprised me was it's still a working motel. Yeah. National Register of Historic Places. But Smithsonian Magazine actually named this the last best and friendliest of the old time motels. And it was a traveler's choice for TripAdvisor in 2014. This is still a a, a destination motel. And, and when I saw this picture, the first thought that hit me was the way you placed that sunburst, which I'm guessing you partially did with a really wide aperture. Um, uh, yeah, really small aperture. F22. I mean, a really small aperture, yep. really large number. So I, I think yep. as I looked up the EXIF data on this, I think it was F22 <laughs> or something. Yeah. But the shadows in front of the car and the building on our side of the car in the building and the post would have been almost pure black in a normal photo. Well, actually, they were pure black. And if you could imagine, the first picture I took of this uh, was from the other side just to show how boring it is. You know, when the sun's right behind your back, you know, when you used to buy Kodak film, it said shoot with the sun at your back. It was really a boring picture. But, you know, you've heard me say this, another one of my salmonisms. It's not, again, not an original saying, but I use it all the time. Light illuminates, shadows define. So we have these defining shadows. But getting back to your friendliest comment, I'll vouch for this because that car you know, look look where the placement of the car is, right? Well, right. when I got there, this is parked behind, actually to the side. If you push the car back and moved it to the left, picture-wise. That answers my question. So, so I asked the, the owner, I said, oh, man, I'm here. I would love to get a shot. Ah, I'll help you. So <laughs> he's sitting in, and my wife and I are like, I'm doing most of the pushing. But, you know, Susan, she was helping a little. We pushed the car into exact position. And, you know, this guy's just helping me out. I mean, what a nice that, guy. One of I, I wrote down questions I had on this shot. Mm -hmm. One of them was about the, the sun placement, the F-22, et cetera. But one of them was. Yeah, the car. Uh, you just answered two of them, actually. One of them was, did you shoot from both sides to decide what was right? Or did you just know? And you said you shot from both sides. And the other one was one of your salmonisms yeah. is don't take a photograph, make a photograph. Right. And I've read your blog post where I think you were in Cuba or something and you said, you know, that that scooter wasn't there. I had somebody put yep. it there. And I was wondering how the heck that car got so perfectly placed. You made your photograph what you saw in your head. Yes. And we had to move it back and forth. And, I, I you know, so I made the photograph by moving the car, by mo shooting into the sun right? By getting up early, by planning. Planning is so very important. You know, I didn't want, I could have taken the cars out in the, uh, in, in Photoshop, but I figured, you know, I'm going to get up early. I want to do this. Uh, my friend Ben Wilmore has a beautiful shot of the blue swallow taken at night, which is also very beautiful with the, you know, Route 66 is known for the neon lights. But so I said, I'm not going to, I want to do something different. And uh, I think a lot of people, you know, someone came on my workshop, a workshop and they said uh we're not getting the iconic shots i want the iconic shots you know we could take all the iconic shots we yeah. want but then you, you know that's like saying i'm going to play uh uh trying to think of a great guitar solo you know hendrix playing the star spangled banner at woodstock which i actually saw him do you know copying it do something new do something original and i think it's a lot more rewarding yeah i i completely agree with you um 
one one of the things you mentioned that this was a six shot HDR. Yes. And that's kind of the same thing to me in that people who do HDR, for lack of a better phrase, correctly to me, uh, obviously subjective, but to me correctly, um, they don't they don't just go with default. So most people that I know that go to shoot an HDR image, they shoot three shots. Yep. And you can do more, but people don't do it. And that to me is 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 the essence of think outside the box. If you really want high dynamic range, take 10 shots, take whatever it is that you need and then process the shot to what your vision is. This this shot, the composition also rocks to me. So the vertical post that says TV and vacancy and historic property, <laughs> that's on a rule of third. And interestingly enough, obviously, the building, you can't literally get on a rule of third. But the corner of the building, the vertical line that my eye identifies matches the opposite rule of third and draws me in Mm -hmm. the top where the bird is. It's not the sign, but the bird that I see in the blue swallow hits across rule of third. This thing, you know, photographic rules are photographic rules. There is one. Two questions I'm curious about. There's no cars in the street. Did you just wait? I mean, I'm sure there were some driving by. Oh, we waited. There were, but it was early. This is like taken early, very early in the morning. And you just timed it. Yeah, and we just waited. We just waited. I knew that if I waited a little longer, the sun would be gone. Oh, just another quick tip here. When you're shooting into the sun with a wide-angle lens, I know you know this, but some uh, new photographers uh, or people who haven't tried this that uh, don't know it. Your lens has to be super clean. I mean, super clean. So I, I always wipe my lens with a, a, a lint-free, one of those microfiber cloths, because a tiny spe- piece of dust will cause a blob that Scott Kelby might have a hard time getting. <laughs> well, he could, he could get rid of it, of course. But what I'm saying is it's so graduated, these blobs, if you have like five specks of dusts, you know, it's going to just look like a mess. And it, these blobs with the gradual uh, from light to dark, uh, they're really hard to get rid of. So keep your Well, and with the color also from the, from the cool blue sky down to the warmer yeah. that you did with the Color Effects Pro by color filter, there – there's one thing in this picture that when I first saw it, I thought, oh, there's no way that perfectly landed where it is. The starburst on the car? The starburst on the car is one of them. <laughs> um, the the reflection, effectively, of, of the original starburst. Yeah. But the jet trail. That, well, it's funny. Someone, uh, actually two people, because I, when I published this a couple of years ago, they asked me how come I didn't take it out, which would be easy to do or crop the picture. But I thought that's just for, per, you know, composition is so like music, right? It's so personal. So I figure I'm just going to leave it in. Uh, you know, I like it personally. Yeah, I think it, it, it's, it's, a, it's one of those elements that draws your eye to the sign. And it would be different if it actually went solid white behind the sign or solid white out of the frame. Right. But it magically starts yeah. equidistant. <laughs> I mean, it's the exact same distance starting from the sign as it ends from the edge of the frame. It's it's perfectly put in there with margins, for lack of a better phrase. Well, you know, I didn't realize that, but uh, yeah, that's true. And getting back to your composition comment, you know, I didn't really think about the rule of thirds either. Uh, although I have a, a, a new class on Kelby 1 coming out on composition. I have a class there now on composition, but this is a lot more detailed. You know, I think it's like... It's like music, you know, uh, you go to your concerts, right? And you see the guitar players up there. 
they're not thinking if they're jamming, right? They're pro- probably not thinking what key they're in, how they're bending the notes, how they're using the dials on the guitar, the pedals, all this stuff. They're just doing it, right? Although they learned all that. So I think the more pictures we take, Steve, the more this becomes, oh, I'm not thinking about the rule of thirds or the rule of odds or leading lines. You know, this has some leading elements, I guess. You could talk. We could you could probably do the golden spiral in here. Uh, you could probably, probably, yeah. There's probably, you could probably apply, think of like 50 composition rules that this illustrates. So I think the idea is, you know, follow your heart. Yeah. And, and I mean, I guess the argument could be made. Somebody out there is saying, well, it, it follows those rules, whether you thought about them or not, because yeah. they're indelibly printed in your mind. Yeah. You see that way now. But one of the the wonderful things about getting to the point where you see that way is I, I find that it also opens your mind, right, to then break those rules. Well, I'm looking for a comment. Uh I'm looking for a comment if I could find it quickly. I don't think I could find it quickly, but Ansel Adams had quoted something to the effect of the rules of composition are irrelevant and forget about them all. But I do think, you know, I play guitar. You play guitar too? Uh, I grew up playing guitar. I don't anymore. Okay, so you learn the pentatonic scales. You learn the blues scales, right? So I learned the blues scales, you know, in the five different positions on the neck, but, you know, I don't really think about them anymore because I just play them. So I think it's the same with um, it's the same with photography. We just have to know again visualizing the end results so we're not disappointed. You know, if you do the three shot HDR bracket and go home, you know, you couldn't see in the building. I'm looking at the picture here, and the sun would have been blown out with just three. So we have to learn how to see the light. We have to, you know, I'm looking at your your office there. You know, it doesn't need HDR. You know, it's, you know, maybe from, I'm looking at the darkest part of your bookshelf, right. maybe two stops darker than in your face, you know, the zero plus two minus two would work. Right, right, exactly. So you've got to learn to see light. And color and uh, and contrast. I think seeing contrast is the most important thing. Like here, the contrast range was extreme. So the more contrast, you know, you know, I could have, uh, before HDR, if I wanted the shot, I would have had like giant lights, like those movie lights. You right, know, that right. You see, like, you know, like the 40s movies that were shining up in the sky, lighting this whole thing or or uh, speed lights today. So if people want to see more work like this from you, or you've got a brand new blog post up of your, um, your Antarctica trip too on your website, where can people find you? Yeah, just Rick Salmon, S-A-M-M-O-N, ricksalmon.com. Uh, and I have a galleries there, my Antarctica galleries there. And uh, actually, uh, I did a post. If someone types in Google, uh, Rick Salmon, the purist, purist's guide to photography, because someone was criticizing some of my HDR stuff, you know, to each his own, as my father used to say. So I wrote this long blog post, the purist guide. In other words, don't do HDR. Don't do black and white, right? The world doesn't look in black and white. Right. D- don't use a telephoto lens. Don't use a fisheye lens. So I went through every possible creative tool that we have. So it's a called exam is a purist guide to photography. It's kind yeah. of funny. Yeah, photography would be boring if we didn't actually go a little bit beyond reality now and then. Well, it's like uh, someone says, "Oh, I don't, I don't like all this stuff." They said, "I, I hate all these enhancements." I said, who's your favorite guitar player? The per- person said, uh, Carlos Santana. I said, imagine what his guitar would sound like, 
you know, his Paul Reed Smith guitar, which I think those are guitar, you know, unplugged, you know, it ting, 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 right? He uses, and Clapton, all these people use exactly the same type of uh, enhancements to, you know, create the sound that they want. So we, we're using all these enhancements to create the images that we want. Yeah, I mean, and, and they're choosing the amp right. and the pedals that they want specific to a sound that they're going for. It's like people choosing Nikon over Canon because there are slight color differences between the two. So yeah. ricksalmon.com, they can find that. Yep. Uh, Facebook, it's rick.salmon. Um, uh, I, I have to know. I have to check. Hey, Susan just walked in. She's in the other office. So she oh, may, tell her uh, I said hi. Okay, so we're live podcasting. So good thing you got your hair cut and you look there great. There she goes. <laughs> there she goes. <laughs> You've uh, never seen her run that fast in your life. No, but she looked good. Uh, yeah, if they go on my website, there's those little icons for Facebook and Twitter and uh and Instagram, which I'm really, uh, I'm loving Instagram. Someone says, yeah. where should I go to look for good pictures? Instagram. It's the photo place now. And then also your books. I mentioned that you're published. There is a page on your website with all your books, but they can also search you as an author on Amazon. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, I First of all, it's great to see you again, because I haven't seen you since that Photoshop world when we went shooting. Uh, that was fun. But it's also really great to follow you online and see what you're doing and and follow your, your world travels, because to me, you're a travel photographer above everything else. You just... You sh you show me the places in the world that I want to go see, which is really, really nice. Well, um, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. Well, thank you. And I know you're going to, what, Imaging USA is one of your shows coming up? Uh, well, I'm going to be at WPPI. Oh, WPPI. This will, this will probably hit the feed after WPPI, but I will okay. be at WPPI. Are you going to be there? Uh, no, I'm not going to be there, but uh, Photoshop World in Orlando, I'll be there. And uh, do you go to out of Chicago? Uh, no, I have not. I hear it's really good. Frederick uh, goes there, I think. Yeah, I'll I'll put you in touch with those guys. You'd love it. It's a lot of fun, and uh, and you're a lot of fun. And uh, someday we have to go to a concert together and shoot together. Oh I know, man, I would I know love you know to have you, you in a photo pit with me. I remember the uh, the post you wrote on a noise. Yeah. And uh, how, uh, you know, my father, just to leave you with the, with the quote, uh, he had a great expression. He had his own salmonisms. He said, if a picture's so boring that you notice the noise, it's a boring picture. <laughs> yeah. And that's what, you know, I was telling somebody the other day, they were asking for tips on starting concert photography. And the one thing I said was just crank your ISO. If the worst yeah. problem in your image is that it's noisy. Yeah. Then you're right in there with some of the most iconic images of our day. That's right. Because you go look at any great concert photo or Muhammad Ali or whatever, the great photos of yeah. the 60s and 70s are the noisiest pictures you'll ever see. Yeah. And yet you don't even register that because the picture is awesome. That's right. Content Just make is good king. Art. Content is king. Content is king. Rick Salmon, thank you very much for joining me. Make sure that you join me again on the next episode of Behind the Shot, because really, in the end, all that matters is is the shot. Uh, if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Raz2. I'm on Instagram at Steve Brazel. Make sure that you go check out Rick Salmon. It's at ricksalmon.com. Join us next time. Thanks. We'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.